you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Glad you're here this morning. Proverbs chapter 24 and James chapter 1. But first reading from Proverbs chapter 24 verse number 10. Proverbs 24 verse number 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. James chapter 1 says, verse number 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about a subject that I feel is important. I know for the most part our students are all upstairs and only a few of the adults are remaining that were part of the conference this week. And so not everybody has come home charged and not everybody that went got good reports all week and had dealt with good things all week. But some of us have dealt with adversity. By the help of the Lord today, I want to talk to you about the blessing of adversity. The blessing of adversity. Would you pray with me and ask the Lord to help us this morning to receive the word that he is wanting to speak into our hearts. Join your heart with me now in prayer. Father, we come before you now asking you, Lord, for your presence and power and anointing to rest upon the messenger. Lord, I pray today that our minds may be open to receive the word of the Lord. And God, I'm praying, Lord, where my vocabulary comes short of being able to speak what I feel, that your spirit would impact hearts and minds and cause people to receive and hear, Lord, what you are wanting to say and speak to your church. And we thank you in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. While few men are destroyed by adversity, most are made by adversity. Exercise in of itself is not necessarily beneficial, has very, very little benefit, except there is a resistance that causes the exercise to become difficult. It is when you add weight. It is when you add the resistance of a hill. You add weight. You add the load. 
the battle becomes more difficult, the struggle physically becomes more difficult, is when you actually are beginning to become stronger through dealing with something that you are not accustomed to. Gains are made by dealing with resistance. Your adversity is never intended to destroy you. Adversity is intended is intended to work weakness out of you. James said that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It worketh. In other words, it is doing something for you during the trial of your faith. When you do not understand, you do not like it, you do not appreciate it, you would rather have a vacation or the day off, it is working something for you. What you and I are really made of comes out not during times of relaxation, but during times of adversity. What is within us is often revealed during the days of adversity. Great adversity brings either the best or the worst out of us. Now, I'm not much of a shopper, but my wife is is a shopper. I've often said, I, I sometimes, I can't find my way around. I'm on the interstate. I'm traveling. I forget when I take the exit, I forget where I'm at in the interstate or which way I'm going. And unless I see a sign that, you know, says Chicago or Indianapolis, I, I'm kind of confused. I don't, my wife is like a homing pigeon. It doesn't matter. You could put her in a barrel, spin her around in darkness, turn her loose, and the first thing she'll say is, the mall's that way. She immediately knows where it's at. She's a shopper. I'm not much of a shopper. But when you're shopping, uh, do, do you ever look at the tag before you make the purchase? And you want to know where it's made. Some people just shop the brand names. Brands sometimes are connected to where it's made. But you can learn a lot about the value of things by researching where it was made because you know how it was made because you know where it was made. And when you go looking at certain things, you pull them up and see that it's a tool made in Taiwan. You, if, if you just need it, a one-time pass-through on the tool, you might grab it and say, I only need it this one time and hope that you get through. But if you're buying something that you want to last, most likely you pass over that tool that says made in Taiwan or China and you look for something that says made in the United States of America with Chinese steel. You learn things. You understand there's, there's certain things, watches that are made in Switzerland. We, we know something about those. If you are a watch buff, you know a little bit about the watches that are made in, you know, or, or suits. Uh, suits that are made in, in Italy or automobiles that are made in Germany. And I, I know we have American-made a lot of American auto workers here today, so don't start throwing spitwads at me up here. 
But when you start looking for quality, you look and you want to know who made it, where it was made, how it was made. You can learn a lot about a man when you discover how he was made. What was it that made him? Because people, for the most part, will never accomplish too much if they never have to deal with much resistance. It's those who have been through some things that understand tests and trials. They're made in their adversity. How did he get to where he's at? How did she become who she is? It's because they were made during adversity. What was the process of making this person? What did they have to go through? Perhaps you've seen the bumper sticker or read the memes when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And it's, it's easy to smile at that statement and say, oh yeah, that's what I do. But it's a whole lot harder to practice it. Because the day that you wake up and all you have in your basket is a, is a half do dozen lemons, that philosophy all of a sudden doesn't sound so good. It's easier to smile at the practice than it is to live it out in life. But the basic philosophy is sound. In fact, the principle is taught all throughout the Bible. There are numerous people who turn defeat into victory and trials into triumph. Instead of living life and being victims, they become victors. Because instead of allowing adversity to destroy them, they pulled up their boots and declared, I'm going to learn a lesson through this adversity. I'm going to grow through this adversity. Through this test and through this trial, I'm going to become stronger. There's going to be a lesson that I can learn going through this. The epistle of James gives us insight. Whether we're dealing with trials on the outside or whether we're dealing with temptations on the inside, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, the key to turning tests into triumphs is to obey certain imperatives that I read into your hearing this morning that he says, I count it all joy. I can promise you this much. I have never gone through adversity and in the middle of all of it said it felt like joy. Neither did the writer James. But he did say, I count it all joy. Anybody with me this morning? He didn't say it feels good but he said, it benefits me. He said, I count it all joy. The second thing he says is, know that your trials work for your good. He didn't say, I'm trying to help us a little bit this morning. He didn't say, I always, in the middle of my trial, understand that this is working for my good. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes I don't understand. Neither did James. 
That's why he didn't say, I understand that your trial works for your good. But he said, I know. I don't understand when I'm going through it. But there is something within me that tells me that the word of God declares that every time I can stand on this assurance, I know something good is going to come out of this because God is not against me. He's for me and he's working everything for my good. So the first thing he said is, count it all joy. He didn't say it felt like joy. He said, know that your trial works for your good. He didn't say, understand that it works for your good. The third thing he says, let patience work in you. Let patience work in you. Now, I'm going to tell you a few weeks ago, um, I was dealing with some, some voice issues. And uh, I had to take a couple weeks. My voice was really, really weak. It came back and got stronger. And then I went to this conference and came home. And I'm feeling a little of the same symptoms. And I rebuke it in Jesus' name. But I'm dealing with it a little bit. Because I don't want to have to go back on the medication that they gave me. During the time that I was dealing with that, the doctor gave me some medicine. And um, that medicine was a certain type of steroid that I have taken before, and um, I, I went and heard a preacher, and uh, the preacher was preaching on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and at the close of his serv- of the sermon that he was preaching at a day session at camp, he, he said, I want all of the, he was comparing ages, and he was talking about how everybody, ne- you know, everybody was important, everybody was needed, and everybody needed to work together, and so he, he said, I want I want all the Jacobs, and he said, Jacobs are going to be those that are 20 and under, and he had them come stand on one side. Um, and then he said, I want all the Isaacs to come, and all the Isaacs are standing in the middle, and he said, you're going to be those that are, that are uh, 21 to 49, and they're going to all come together. And my wife gets up and turns around and looks at me and says, Bye. And I had friends sitting around me, and they all stand up and are laughing and looking over their shoulder as I'm sitting there. And he said, then I want all the older people. (laughs) All the 50 and over crowd, I want you to come stand over here. And so I jumped up, and I wanted them to know that I was a young, 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 young Abraham. And so forward I came. And so I come forward, and the whole time, I don't really know what they prayed over. I don't really know what they did because I was an angry Abraham. (laughs) And so I'm standing up in the front, and I'm looking over at my wife. And she wasn't praying much either. Either She's looking over her shoulder laughing the whole time. And at that moment, things didn't feel so good for me. And uh, later somebody said something, said, man, that really affected you. And I said, it did, it did. And I blamed it on the medication that I was on. Because I, I was on this steroid. But the truth is about this, this medication that I was on is that I, 
it, it, it kind of kicks me into hyperdrive. I already am kind of like motivated and driven kind of guy. And uh, when I want something, it's kind of like, let's get that done real quick. And uh, I don't do real well on being told to wait and just, you know, patience is probably not my best virtue. And uh, so it's kind of like, hey, let's, let's, let's get this done. Well, that particular steroid that I'm on kicks that into hyperdrive for me. And um, I mean, driving was an issue for me because I already am known to be a speeder, but you can't imagine I'm just in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. Patience did not, for about 10 days, patience did not have her perfect work in, in me. It was a struggle for me. And patience was not there. I was, I was just, let's go, let's go, let's go. But the truth is, if we're not careful, we can find all kind of reasons to blame the lack of patience. But the truth is, if we can learn that patience, if we can let Patience work in us. Let. That word that he used, every word in, in, the, in the scripture, yeah, I believe is very, very important. And he didn't say, he, he used the term to let or to allow, to give, to give the ability for patience to work in us. Count it all joy, he said. Know that the trial is working for you. Didn't say understand it. And then he says, let or allow patience to work in you. So there is a certain factor to the adversity that we go through in life that we have to get a certain mindset and hang on and just kind of grip the chair for a few days and say, you know what? I'm not understanding this, but the Bible didn't tell me to understand it. It didn't say it's going to feel good and it's not supposed to. But I've got to allow this enough time for me to be able to get out the other side of it and recognize that God is trying to work something in my favor. And then the last thing he says is to ask the Lord to help. And, and this is something that in other words, through this time of adversity is a great time to, to, to allow prayer to become a great part of our, our life. He said, ask of the Lord or help uh, for help or pray to the Lord and ask Him for help. So count it all joy when you fall into these various trials. He's declaring, notice that James is assuming that we will experience trials. He doesn't say if we experience trials, but he said when we experience trials. When we go through adversity. Not if we go through adversity, but when we go through adversity. There's three types of people here today. There's either those that have been through adversity, those that are going through adversity, are those that are about to go through adversity. You're at one of three points today, every one of us, and it is a cycle in life. Just because you've been through it doesn't mean you're never going to go through it again. It's part of life. Adversity is part of life. We should expect it. You can't get down in the dumps because you're dealing with adversity. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 
33, these things I've spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world. Ye shall have, ye shall have. He used the word tribulation. Extreme difficulties that will come against you from every angle. But then he declares, be of good cheer. He said, put a smile on your face through your adversity. Because the Lord himself said, because, here's why you can put a smile on your face. Because I overcame the world. So in other words, when you're going through adversity, understand the Lord is allowing it. And he's working something out for your good through whatever you are going through. Paul also said in Acts chapter 14 verse 22, he said we must go through much tribulation in order to enter into the kingdom of God. The nature of these trials that he talks about, he uses uses the word that translates to the English word various. In other words, it's not just one kind of trial. You're wondering, people say, man, it just seems like it's coming from every angle. It is, and God is allowing that so that you can become a well-rounded individual. If he always just attacked you in one area, you would excel there and never develop the other aspects of your life. Some trials come simply because we are human. Sickness comes. Accident and incidents happen. It's part of life. There is no other explanation that we can find for it. Disappointments abound. Death is part of life. And these things are painful. But we have to learn to go through these things. It comes from every angle. But through every one of those, we learn certain things about ourselves. When we think we can't, God gives us just enough to get through it so we can understand some things about ourselves. When you, when you said, I'm never going to be able to go forward, the Lord allowed himself to work through you so that you could, so that the next time you deal with something and you start to say it, you stop and don't even say it because you say, by the help of the Lord, I will get through this. 1 Peter chapter 4, I talked about this a few weeks ago. It said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Think it not strange. Don't, don't get some, man, it just seems like the world is coming against me. I, I'll tell you, I, I was talking to Sister Cheryl a few days ago, and she kind of looked at me and said, Why? Why? She said it just seems like things are coming from several, from several angles. And I, I can agree. It's real easy. But, 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 but what 1 Peter chapter 4 says, think it, think it not strange. Think it not strange. Why does it happen? Because it's part of life. Because God is growing and developing something in you. If God has designed you to be a leader, hold on. He's going to take you through some things that will allow you the ability to be ahead of the rest of the crowd. And then he goes on to say, but rejoice in so much that you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. Second Timothy chapter 3 says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So it's not just in the world, but there's also certain persecution that will come because you choose to live godly. But when Satan fights us and the world opposes us, we should count it all joy. But how is it possible to rejoice 
in the midst of trial. The writer tells us, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh or it produces. Everybody with me this morning. He's saying the trial of your faith produces something for your good. So when you're going through it, there is something good being birthed out of it. It's painful right now, but there's something good that is coming out of it. The right knowledge concerning the value of trials makes it possible to have joy in the middle of adversity. This is why he didn't say understand. He said no, no, understand. For we know that all things worketh together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Many times I never understood that scripture, but I had to get it in my spirit. He didn't say I understand it because there's days I don't understand that this is working for my good. It doesn't feel like it's working for my good. It's not, But I know by faith that God is working everything for my good. We're to understand that the trials... Test our faith so that we, God can develop something in us that there's no other way for it to be developed. When our faith is tested, it brings out the best of, in us. Just as fire purifies gold. It purifies gold. Just as training makes the athlete stronger. Just as, as fire purifies gold. But, but let me tell you, let me explain this to you. The scripture says that the trial of your faith is more precious than that of gold, though it be tried with fire. He did not say that the trial of your, he did not say that your faith going through a trial is going to come out the other side, tried and true, like pure gold. That's not what he said. He said it is the trial of your faith that is more precious, more costly than gold, though it be tried with fire. The trial, your trial is working something for you. Your adversity is working something for you that is more precious in you than anything money can buy. That's what he's saying. He's using a very poetic way of being able to say, you're going through adversity, let me give you a pat on the back and tell you, money can't buy what that adversity can teach you. School can't teach you what you're going to learn through that adversity. No college is going to be able, but God, through his own sovereign way, can teach you some things in your adversity. And there's no other way to learn it. When faith is tested, it produces patience. Patience is not passive acceptance of circumstances. It comes from the Greek word that simply means to remain or to abide. What he is saying is, is let patience cause you to put your feet on the ground and continue to stand. Maybe that's why the writer said, when having done all to stand, just stand. 
When you don't know what else to do, you don't run, you don't quit, you don't throw in the towel. Come on, church, you can't decide every time I'm going through adversity. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna quit church. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna stop serving God. I, I'm gonna walk out on the family. I'm gonna quit my job because I'm dealing with it. No, you learn to negotiate through it, work through it, grow through it until something good is produced for you. That word denotes the ability to exhibit steadfastness and consistency. Look at your neighbor and say consistency. Consistency in the faith, in the face of the most formidable difficulty. It's courage in perseverance. It's the continuing on even though it's rough. Despite the circumstances, I will prevail. Such a quality of steadfastness can come only through experiencing trials. The scripture said, let patience have its perfect work. Let, let, allow to truly turn trials into triumph. We have to let patience do its work. We have to allow patience to do its work. It's not happening fast enough for me. Let patience do its work. I've had people come to me. I'm called of God. I have this ministry. God's wanting to do this. But then they, they, sometimes it's just, just let's see if some, let some patience work in you. Grow, grow, grow some things in you. It may be you need to grow some, thick, some thicker skin. It may be you need to grow in some wisdom. It may be you need to grow in some knowledge. Whatever it is, but you have to let, 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 let patience. Allow patience. Too often we want to get our trials or difficulties over with quickly. As soon as we get in the middle of adversity, the first thing we do, oh, church, pray for me that God gets me out of this adversity. That's because it's painful. But maybe God's trying to work something in you and through you to bring you out the other side better than what you went in. Those of you who understand, there's a few weirdos in here that really enjoyed and loved school, the rest of us. But aren't you glad you went to school? Because you learned something. And some of us that maybe didn't get the best out of school, I've heard, I've heard people say so much, I, I wish I'd have paid more attention. Anybody with me this morning? I, I wish I'd have tried harder. I wish I'd have gone further. I I wish I wouldn't have dropped out of college. I wish I'd have stayed in. I wish I'd have listened to my professor a little more. I wish I'd have tried harder on the test. I, I, it would, you know, when you get out the other side, you look back and think, boy, that's not so bad. Well, the reason is, is you've moved on in life and your tests have become more difficult and greater. But when you were back there, you thought, oh, man, school's so hard. And then you get on a job and you're like, oh, oh. I should have stayed in college. I'm out here. I'm out here toiling. And I should have stayed in school. We have to learn the lesson of allowing patience to work through us. We've got it is a process. You're going to go to school one way or the other. Either you're going to learn it through the school of hard knocks. But you're going to learn it one way or the other. We have to allow it to work in our lives. Let it perfect us. But there's times when the best course is to bear up under the trial patiently instead of grumbling and complaining. Understand God's trying to work something through all of this. 
I received some news this week that I didn't necessarily enjoy receiving. And I could have fallen apart and wanted to a couple of times. And I had to pull myself together and declare... God's going to show a better way. God's going to have a better answer. God's going to work out something. God, God's got to, see, it's not all, I'm not praising myself here, but I'm telling you, we have to learn to allow God to say, I got something better for you. I'm going to work something better. It's going to come out better. It's going to be for your good. Because when patience has its opportunity to work, it produces maturity. Hmm. You ever had anybody look at you and say, grow up? When patience has its perfect work in you, it will produce maturity. It will cause you to grow up. The word perfect doesn't mean sinlessness, but it means completeness or wholeness or maturity. Letting patience have its perfect work is not easy. It certainly requires wisdom which wisdom enables us to see the value of our trials. Wisdom allows us to see the value of our trials. When we're going through the trial, it's real easy to say, Oh, God, get me out of this. But wisdom says, set the sail, keep your eye on the prize, plant your feet, And declare the same God that brought me through last time will bring me through this time. Then the writer said, let him ask of God. For Solomon, it was a request for wisdom. He had to ask for it from God. God promised to give it liberally. liberally. The plans that God has for your life are far greater than than the plans that any of us could have ever had for ourselves. But sometimes God says, nope, I'm going to alter your route. I'm going to change your course. I'm going to send you a different direction. But I've got a greater plan than what you had for your own self. He has a significant plan for your life. He has a significant plan for this church. He has a significant plan. If you're in ministry, God has a significant plan for your ministry. If you're head of household, God has a significant plan for your home and for your family. God has plans for you. And if you will allow God to work in you through the adversity that you deal with in life, because in every area of life, you're going to deal with adversity. The factory worker says, man, if I owned my own business, life would be so much better. The businessman says, man, if I just had a regular nine-to-five job, life would be so much easier. Why is that? Because there's adversity in every point of life. The young person says, man, if I could reach adulthood. The the adult said, man, if I could reach retirement. The retired age said, man, if I could be a kid again. It always looks better. The truth is, is there's adversity at every front, everywhere we are. Whatsoever state you find yourself in, therein be content. Let patience work in you. Let God develop some things in you. He has significant plans for your life, for this church. Do you understand you and I are on the agenda of God? 
I have an agenda. I keep it. I'm, I kind of have plans for my plans. I have lists, to-do lists, to-do lists for the to-do list. I'm never going to run out. I'm, I guess I'm afraid I'm going to run out of something to do. So I always have something. You know, I always have my schedule, and I know what I'm supposed to do today and tomorrow and next week, and I've got everything scheduled out. And then all of a sudden life happens and I have to roll a whole day ahead into something else. And I've got so much to try to get done. And, and, and how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you got, man, you've got all these things. You, you have all these plans. We have all, do you understand that you and I are on God's agenda? But God doesn't have to roll things ahead because with him a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. He already knew the end from the beginning. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But he already knows. He sees the end from the beginning. And so before we ever get in it, God already knew you're going to go through that. And so God's got a plan and his ways are so much higher than ours. But yet you and I are on the agenda of God, meaning that God has a plan that he's working in your life. Be encouraged today because when you feel like, man, I'm in adversity. If I could just get out the other side, God is saying, you've been on my agenda for a long time. I looked down and saw, yep, right here it is. In August of 2019, you're going to go through this adversity. But the good news is I got a plan to get you out the other side of it and you're going to grow from it and you're going to be better because of it. And when you get out the other side, I got the next plan for you. See, God has a plan because you're on God's agenda and he's got a plan greater than your plan. And if you'll allow it, he said, I will work everything for your good. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. So if in the middle of your trial and your adversity, if you'll seek God, he will give you wisdom to understand and to recognize what he's doing in your life in order to fulfill those plans that God has for you. You're going to have to go through the process of adversity. The blessing of adversity is what God is performing in you. The process of adversity is where you will find the pain and the struggle. The entire process of growth and fulfillment of your destiny in the kingdom of God hinges on a critical factor. The way we choose to deal with life's troubles, life's trials, and times of transition. Like the Apostle Paul who delivers the inaugural speech. He says... What meaneth this? Over and over, Paul is pondering. Many wondered, how, how can anything good come out of this? The apostle Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and declared the message on the day of Pentecost. They had seen, many had seen Peter deny Christ spit and curse and cut off the ear of a soldier. Now this man is going to play an important role. I could see people standing around saying, what means this? There's only one lesson that I can learn from all this. Your failure does not mean it is your end. The mistakes that you've made does not mean that God can't resurrect his plan for your life. 
No matter how much you failed, Peter denied him. Peter cursed. Peter did all sorts of things. And yet the Lord said, you know what? The time has come. Go ahead, Peter. You're going to be the spokesperson because I put something in you and through all of it. The reason they don't understand your anointing is because they weren't there during your day of adversity. A lot of people's going to look at you someday and they're going to say, how in the world did you end up where you are doing what you're doing? See, they weren't there when you were going through your adversity. They weren't there when you had to pray the night through. They weren't there when you were struggling to just keep your head above water. But I'm telling you, when you are faithful through trial and through tests, God will bring you out the other side and you will be better for it in the name of the Lord you will be better for it see unless they see you go through the days of development they usually can't accept you on the stage of success because they weren't there to watch you go through the process of learning when people have a nasty attitude at you because of your position they weren't there They weren't walking with you when you were working the overtime. They weren't there when you were going above and beyond the responsibilities. Then you get the promotion and the people around you say, yeah, it's because of who they are and what their name is. No, it's not. It's because you, through your adversity and through your test, remain faithful. You showed up to work when things would have been easier for you to stay at home. Anybody with me this morning? See, they didn't see what you went through. You're used of God. People say, how in the world? Why is God using them? They're nobody. They weren't there during your days of development. They weren't there during that time when they have a nasty attitude because of your position and talk about you and want to walk away from you. And and, and they're rejoicing in every struggle and every failure. They don't know what you've been through that got you to where you are. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep the faith and keep declaring God's working something better for me. God's working. That's why I tell you, you need to stand up and keep going in the middle of trial regardless what people say or people think. There's a spiritual refining process. God is working something better for you. You're being prepared for something. I know today, without a doubt, in a crowd the size that we have here this morning, There's people that are going through some trials today. Maybe some of them are physical trials, financial trials, relationship trials. You're going through some things. But your life of how you handle going through that trial may be the sermon that God is going to preach to the person that is watching you go through your trial. Oh, I thought I was supposed to preach standing on the platform holding a microphone. The greatest sermon you'll ever preach will be the life that you live through your adversity. Job declared, though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. Andre Crouch wrote a song, through it all, through it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust him more. Through it all, through it all, I learned to depend upon his word. 
I'm closing this morning. When you outlast the adversity, stand with me. When you outlast the adversity and come out the other side, promise will be waiting for you. Your adversary thinks he's going to destroy you. But God is saying, just let patience work through you. I've got something better for you. See, your adversity is making you. It's forming you. It's shaping you. Your enemy's never going to be victorious in your life because there is a blessing in your adversity. The struggle, the test, God is developing you to go to the next level. Right where you are, why don't you just bow your heads with us, close your eyes and lift your hands. And why don't you just begin to talk to God. And here's what I want you to ask Him. Lord, would you show me? I know today I'm not seeing it. Today I'm not feeling it. Today it just feels like misery and despair and discomfort and failure and disappointment. But Lord, I want you to show me. Come on, would you do that with me? Could you just lift a hand? And between you and God, would you just ask God, Lord, speak to me. Speak to. I'm not asking you to speak to me about my neighbor, but about me. Not about my spouse, about me. Lord, I want you to show me. God, what are you working in my life? God, help me see what you're doing in me. I want to understand me better than I ever have. God, show me. Lord, I'm going through adversity in my life, Lord. But let wisdom speak, Lord. Let me begin to see what it is you're doing in me. Come on, lift up your voice in prayer right now all over the room. Would you cry out to the Lord right now and ask him, God, help me. God, help me. Help me to see. Help me to grow through this. Help me to grow through this. In the name of the Lord. Come on, call on his name right now. Call on his name right now. Just lift your voice toward heaven right now. Let your prayer, let your prayer come from your innermost being right now. Maybe somebody in the room today would like to just step from where you are. You've been going through adversity, struggle, and test and trial. But you want to come to the Lord this morning and just bring the load that you've been bearing. And you want to just come pour it out to Him this morning. And you just want to say, God, the burden's heavy. Lord, let me by faith today feel you lift that burden from me. I open these altars for you today. Bring your struggle to the Lord. Cast your cares on Him today. Let Him strengthen you today. Come on, bring it. Bring it to the Lord today.
that's it. Bring your need to the Lord. Bring your burden to the Lord. Bring your struggle to the Lord today. He'll strengthen you today. 